time for the Liz Calloway Show. You asked for it, and we got it. Now, 6 to 10 weekday mornings. Always local. Always live. Always right. Go now, put the throttle down again. Here we go now, put the throttle down again. Here we go now, put the throttle down again. Here we go now, put the throttle down. Here's Liz and Nick on Talk 94.5. It is 9.09 on the Liz Calloway Show. Nick Summers will be back on Monday, Glenn Die Radio. Thank you, Glenn, for being here all week long. Absolutely. It is Friday, May 20th, and we got another request for Jerry Cox Company Music Friday. We had to get to this guy. This is Jimi Hendrix. He died at 27. If wow. he was alive, he would be 81 today. Wow. All right. Well, thank you for everybody who participated in the Jerry Cox Company Music Friday and texted in your requests on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. It's now time for... Ooh, give me one second, girl. I'm driving this bus still. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fast, I know. (laughs) First you affected my dad's PC, then you got my wife's. It is Rob Chang from PCMatic.com. This is our Tech Talk segment, and we touch base with what's going on in the cyber threat world. And uh, he's joining us live. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Liz. So glad to have you on. You're fresh off vacation? I got back last Saturday. All right. Well, uh, did you do a lot of thinking or no? <laughs> Were you <laughs> I, able I to I put do it down? I a lot down? of thinking in general, but the uh, main thing, I, I did a lot of running and swimming. I was in Rio de Janeiro where my wife, where I met my wife, and so we, we spent a lot of time there, and it it was beautiful and very relaxing. Oh, well, that's so good to hear. And you have such a beautiful family, so that's wonderful that you were able to spend some quality time. So did you um, have to spend a lot of time catching up with uh, a lot of cyber threats and attacks around the world? Well, actually, you were the last. A bunch of people <laughs> sent it to me, right? Costa Rica, the country, yeah. um, was hit with ransomware while I was on uh, vacation. This was a very interesting one because it shut down the entire government here. Wow. So, I mean, it's pretty interesting because um, Costa Rica, I looked it up, it's the same size as South Carolina. There's hmm. 5 million people in that country, wow. and there's 5 million people in South Carolina. Hmm. And um, if this happened in, in, the, uh, in, in uh, South Carolina, it would only hit one agency, and then that agency would, I don't know, pay the ransom or try to recover or whatever, but it would not spread to all the other agencies like it did oh, boy. In, uh, in Costa Rica. You know, hmm. And I don't know, I mean, and we, this is a thing about transparency. Here's, we don't have transparency in the United States. We'll really never know, you know how it happened or what you know, the flaws in, the, in their security stack were that, that allowed it to happen in such a large way that... I mean, they, they called a state of emergency at this point in time, and they don't know what they're going to do. Jeez. You know, um, that means that all the, the the identifiable information on every single person there is exposed. It could be on the dark web by that now. Could be. Wow. Yeah, that obviously they haven't. You know, the one thing that, that they might have done, and actually this has happened in Louisiana several times, is that, for example, the DMV went down and... In, in, uh, in Louisiana, but as a as a precaution, they shut down the rest of the government um, just to make sure that hmm. it doesn't spread to the rest. 
And then when New Orleans, actually, Louisiana was hit a bunch, right? When New Orleans went down, they did the same thing. One city's down, and this would never happen in South Carolina, I don't think. I think that if, like, if Myrtle Beach went down or Georgetown County went down, right? And then they cut, they shut down the rest of the state. Mm-hmm. So we don't do that here in South Carolina. They do that in Louisiana, you know, which kind of put, makes it, you know, the virus spread. It hasn't spread, but they made it as if it did. You know, mm-hmm. they shut down everything. And so maybe they did that in Costa Rica as well. You know, the whole transparency piece is baffling to me because anytime you you always talked about, you know, when the NTSB goes to a a plane crash or, you know, there's a shipwreck, they do all sorts of investigation. They piece together the plane um, and they figure out what exactly happened. They spend a year investigating it sometimes. Um, And and here we have, you know, uh, something that causes so much more systemic damage than a plane crash. You know, um, it it seems to me that it would be, it's negligent not to reveal what is causing this over and over and over again. It's costing so much money to taxpayers. You know, it all gets passed on to consumers. And the question becomes, why are they hiding the reason? It, it feels like they're concealing it or protecting it. I, I mean, I don't mean to be a conspiracy theorist, but it doesn't make sense. not that. I mean, I, actually, you and I, well, actually, the one we talked about that really opened my eyes, you brought to my attention, is Marketron. Mm-hmm. Right? Marketron was a really interesting one because the CEO wrote your, your, your radio station and all the other radio stations, TV stations, a letter, and he actually said that zero trust doesn't work, his backups didn't work, and he still doesn't know how it came out, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so, so there, there is some people out there that really want to be transparent. I mean, and, and the Mark Tron CEO is, is one of them. So I think there's Are they a afraid, for afraid of a lawsuit? I mean, it's got to be a reason. Uh, he, he's not. Okay, so let me tell you this. Okay, so you, you know Tideland's Health. Tideland's mm-hmm. Health here was down at the end of 2019. I'm friends with these guys. And so they, they actually, they, they told me about um, you know, what happened there and, and all the details about how it got in and so forth. But I can't really talk about those details. I can tell you I know them because the hospital was being sued. Um, it's, hospitals, when they go down with ransomware, one of the first things that happens is they get sued. Mm. And there, there's a group out of Illinois, according to my friends, and, they went, and so therefore their, their legal guidance is don't talk about much of this because we're going to have a lawsuit and we don't want to give them any fodder for, the, mm-hmm. for their lawsuit. Yeah. All right. Well, what so, is so this? Part of it is the transparency is because of lawsuits. I mean, people are afraid of lawsuits, so therefore they're less. I mean, right now, and I've said this before, I mean, it's kind of like COVID. I mean, it's nobody's fault if you get infected with COVID, and it's really nobody's fault at this point. I mean, I was trying to put in the right stuff, but it's kind of hard. And then without transparency, you can't find what the right stuff that you should have in your security stack, no matter how much money you pay. Mm-hmm. Now, where are we at? Because you have, um, and the reason why we keep talking about your product is it seems like we're doing a commercial every time you're on the air. But <laughs> but what what the reason why I'm doing it is because with PCmatic, um, it's whitelist antivirus a- antivirus software. So to me, you, you know, the way you've explained it, it makes sense. It's proven to work. And I just kind of scratch my head and ask, why aren't more people using that type of, you know, whitelist antivirus software to protect their consumers, their customers, their, you know, their clients? It doesn't make sense to me. Taxpayers, 
What's the so, resistance? I mean, you, we, we've discussed this. I mean, the, the resistance is actually what I believe now. I mean, is is the bubble. I mean, every so there, there are these big companies, and their their products are not very effective, but they they keep on making more. They don't make money. So let me use one for example: CrowdStrike. CrowdStrike has been around for over ten years. They have never made any money their entire existence as a company. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, so therefore, how do they make money? Money, right? And, mm-hmm. and the way they do it is that their their those losses are being financed through um, private and public equity, and so they never make money. But that's okay. And and these people now are millionaires and billionaires, not because they made a strong company, but because uh, of the private and public equity. Now, when this bubble pops, that co- that company will go away. Hmm. And, and here's the issue: is that okay? That, you know, back back if remember the 2001 uh, dot com bubble? Yes. I was looking at Pets.com. Well, Pets.com they blew up. They never made any money at all in Pets.com, but that's not that big a deal. I mean, we lost the website, you know. But now we're talking about cybersecurity. That these companies are very—they're not strong. I mean, they're financially weak because they're so dependent on on external financing. And and so they cannot survive a cyber bubble. I was asking about making the commercial. My company has been around for 24 years now, and we've made it through the dot com bubble. We've made it through the housing bubble. We, we made it through the pandemic. I mean, our, my company is very resilient. And these companies that are right now part of cybersecurity, they are not that way. They're hmm. not strong financially. Okay. But they got all the money now because they get, keep on they you know because they keep on getting all more money from private and public equity, and so that's what I'm competing against. Is all this money flowing into these these bad companies? It really doesn't make sense to me. You would think that companies with uh, a lot to lose financially and client wise, and at risk, and putting people at risk, would just want to be more responsible. Well, I mean, you know, the United States is a company, a country right now about how much money can you make, how fast can you make it, mm-hmm. and a bubble is a really good way, really fast way to make money. And I think that that's why it's all just plowing into the bubble. Mm-hmm. And actually, as it was, we see the bubble's getting bigger and bigger. It's expanding every year. Well, that's I'm, I'm talking next week in Charleston, and mm-hmm. then I'm going to talk about ec- the economics of cybersecurity, and I'm certainly going to talk about the cybersecurity bubble that we're okay. in right now. Well, um, we're speaking with uh, Rob Chang of PCmatic.com. This is our Tech Talk segment. We talk about cyber attacks. Now, um, there was a, a lot of... I just want to touch base because we have talked about this before about Russia being blamed for a lot of the cyber attacks. And um, you weren't really buying that because you said they would throw a few Russian characters in to the code and kind of frame Russia for it. Uh, Do you believe, you know, that China was behind it and um, in most cases and and uh, who are our biggest cyber warfare enemies? Um, okay, so that's first off, I talked about this, I don't know, two times ago about CrowdStrike again, about how CrowdStrike has come out on record in congressional hearings and said that they made up all that stuff about Russia. So that's on the public record right wow. now. okay. That CrowdStrike made up that stuff about Russia. If you remember the DNC got hacked, you know, back in, what, 2016, mm-hmm. I think it was 2016, uh, and then, um, you know, in the... And then Clinton went and contacted CrowdStrike around the FBI and all that funny stuff. And then they came out and said, well, it's the Russians. And then she lost the election, and then they blamed it on the Russians. 
so you know, that was the, the origin of all that stuff, and I was thinking, well, we know that's not true. Wait a minute. But so, overall, so who did hack them? I don't remember that part of know. the story. Okay, we don't know. We okay, don't, we don't know, right? I mean, that's why and then a lot of that information ended up on WikiLeaks and yep. other things, but we don't know how. I mean, that's what WikiLeaks does is it protects how it got that it, they got their information. Okay. Um, you know, but uh, who who are let's call it our enemies? I, I don't really view it as enemies right now, but it, it's kind of like it's the stockpiles. So I talked about the stockpiles of vulnerabilities. You know that that and so the United States has more than anybody else. But then the other ones, and this is very well known, is that Russia has vulnerabilities, China is accruing them, and then uh, Iran and North Korea. Hmm. Okay. But I would say that the reason why all this is happening is because the United States started stockpiling vulnerabilities first. And everyone else says, oh, well, we better do the same thing. I mean, I don't know whether I would call those people or those countries, you know, pragmatic or or what. I mean, but they, I mean, if you see the United States doing it and you want to keep an equal playing field, then you're going to do the same thing. I wanted to ask you about how we can protect ourselves because, um, you know, it, for example, you you you. When you give your valuable information or even if you put your money in the bank, there's like an FDIC insurance um, that, you know, it's protected to up to a certain amount. Um, We're giving so much of our information and there are so many apps that are coming out now where you can upload all your medical information because it's yours and you can bring it to any doctor you want. And, um, and I, I, that automatically sends off alarms in my head. Like, I don't know if I want to do that, (laughs) you know? And, uh, but then I said, well, you know, all your medical information is up everywhere anyway at those individual hospitals and doctors. So with, you know, when you're entrusting someone with all that information, there doesn't there come with that some kind of level of culpability if it gets out if they're not safeguarding it i mean can't they be held accountable for it if they're not doing everything in their power to protect it so i mean in the united states the answer to that question is no i mean that there is really no accountability for it. i mean this has been going on for decades now i mean look look what but happened there should with be the accountability you in south carolina right i mean and actually, and that was one of the first ones, and they they bought for every citizen, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, credit monitoring, right, right and, and all these kind of things. Well, I mean, and that was in 2012. No one does that anymore. I mean, that that, that was, you know, Nikki Haley trying to do the right thing back then, but it, they do even less now than that then, right? They, they essentially try to just sweep it on the rug and pray nothing bad happens. Now, in Europe, they tried, and I don't, you know, I don't haven't been in Europe in a while, but they have this thing called GDPR, which is what general data privacy requirements or something like that. And so they try to do it, but I have no idea how effective it has been mm-hmm. because Europe's getting hit with ransomware and that kind of thing as frequently as the United States. And I don't see, you know, a lot of companies trying to, you know, mitigate or reduce the risk, you know, about bad things happening to the people whose data they hold. Well, Rob, we're just about out of time. Um, I, I want to hear some good news. Do we have any good news? I, do, I actually have one thing I'm excited about. Oh, okay, that's I, good. I feel better now. Is, other than, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to talk in Charleston, so that's happening next week. Okay. Um, then the other thing is that um, Peace Max is coming out with a VPN. And I'm a very long-time VPN wow. user. Wow. And, and so I'm super excited. And as I look at all the other competitors out there, they're selling at a very technical level. They're saying, well, you know, you got split tunneling, you got all these other things. I said, no, people need to understand why they need a VPN. Yeah, can so, you explain to us? Sure. I mean, actually, it's, 
it's really two different technologies. So let me just give you a few use cases of why you would want a VPN. It's two technologies. One of them is encryption, so that, so that people can't see what you're doing. And then the other one is let's call it IP, uh, IP address spoofing, so that you, you can't uh, marry you to your IP address. So let's go over the first one. So the, the encryption is really important if when you're outside of your home. So if you have a laptop, you have a tablet, and you go into the airport Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. you go into a Starbucks Wi-Fi, most people don't know this, but it's amazingly simple for me to see everything you're doing on that. Really? Computer. Oh, yeah. It's, amaz- it's amazingly simple. And I won't go into all the details. There, there's probably two, three or four ways I could talk about about how you could do it. Okay. If you, actually, another really good one is if you're on the on an airplane and then you use that Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another way that, uh, that... Wow. I mean, if you're actually doing work. I mean, if you're just watching a movie, then there's really nothing to do other than they know you're watching a movie. But if you're actually like putting passwords up there and signing on to Amazon, mm-hmm. all that. They, so anything that really you're actively bad. doing, not they can't get into your computer per se, but they can see what you're actually doing. They can Exactly. They can okay. see what you're sending back and forth across the Internet. Okay, and so, that, so the VPN solves that problem. So if you're doing anything outside of, of your home, and then, they, then they, they can get in to see all that information. The other one, and let's go over all the other. Actually, this was a really good one for me. I was in Brazil, right? Mm-hmm. Most websites are I'm coming to the United States. And if you want to have what's called the United States experience, then it needs to see a United States IP address. And so a, uh, a VPN solves that problem. And it, it's really kind of, if you're an American, you're in a different country, I mean, it, what it's going to do is going to go and put up, like, all in that um, that country's language. So, like... A, if you didn't have a VPN, it would all, everything would show up in Portuguese, mm-hmm. right? And 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 there's a way that you can go and make it, but it's just easier if everyone just thinks you're in the United States, and then our, then your experience is the American experience, right? Interesting, right? And so that's another one. And then the other the other one, which I don't have, is I, I do know like a lady, and she likes uh, K- Korean anime films, and so then she pretends she's in Korea, you know. So there, there's things like that. And then the big one for me has to be is that. Your IP address is not you, right? But the and there's a connection now, and that happens through your um, your IP provider. In, our, in my case, it's Spectrum, or you have HTC, and so on. And that's your IP provider, and so that's the only connection between because you're paying the bill. And so, whether the government wants to know who's from using that IP address, they're going to say it's me or you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, whoever's paying so, the bill. And, and the and the government then can just wants to assume. And that, that, therefore, anything that happens across that IP address is you. And that, that's not true. It so, could be my kid. Mm-hmm. Could but be somebody can someone I, co-op it? What's that? Can someone co-op your IP and do criminal work? Um, no, they okay. can't do that. So it, okay. That you can't do. But somebody like my brother, I mean, when I was in Brazil, my brother was here at my house. So my brother could have done something there, and the government would uh, see it and then say, well, why, why is Rob doing that? And I'm not even in the country, mm-hmm. but they're going to make that assumption. If you have, an IP, if you have a VPN, all that goes away. Hmm. That, that connection Privacy. between you and your IP address. So, yeah, it, it does. And as, and as we know, the government is tracking a lot of our, our activities. And, I, and, and that's probably the, I'll be honest, that, that's probably the number one reason that I do it. Mm-hmm. Is because I just... It's just one less thing that the government can track about me. Wow. Well, uh, and now so, you're going to be I'm offering super it? I'm about doing it. Yeah, we're going to offer it. I mean, we're in negotiations with some of these companies and learn more about it. You know, and I want to get a really good one. I know a lot of our customers are waiting for us to have one. 
And so I, I'm very excited to learn, dig in deep about this. I'm a user of it, but I'm really, from a business perspective, I want to learn more about their product mm-hmm. and how they make them. And actually, and just so everyone knows, and it will be made in America. I mean, I, I don't want the, these. I mean, it's just no like your what, antivirus software. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Rob Chang of PCmatic.com, thank you. And uh, we are uh, always glad to talk with you because you really give us the real world insight to all of that. So uh, thank you so much and, and good luck on in Charleston. Yep, I'm looking forward to it. All right, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Have a great week, Ken. Thank Bye-bye. you, you too.